We are on Ksubis, Lamed Vav, Amad Aleph, 36A2, in the second column in the Archgirl Gemara. Our Gemara now continues with the four different cases of uh, the Brisa, a Brisa that we quoted in the last class, of four different cases where there is no knas. There's no knas, there's no fine of 50 shekel uh, in a situation where a person either seduces or rapes a girl between the ages of 12 and 12 and a half, what's referred to as a na'ara. And so we discussed the first two cases uh, where there's no fine, a case where it's a, an immediate relative, uh, or a case where uh, the girl does miyun under the age of 12. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, she does miyun. Uh, which, as we explained in the last class, is this process where she was married on a rabbinic level and then she wants to back out of the marriage. That's the concept of Mian. So we discussed that at length in the last class. And so now we'll discuss cases three and four. Case number three is where she is an islandess. Uh, islandess, also, as we discussed in the last class, is a girl who uh, does not go through puberty. Um, and so she is really viewed... She never reaches the stage of Na'ara. Na'ara is specifically a girl between the ages of 12 and 12 and a half, but only if she went through puberty. If she never went through puberty um, and is not able to have children as a result of that, uh, so then she, halakhically, she is a minor. She's viewed as a minor, as a katana, until she switches over to a bogeris, uh, which is basically an adult for most girls, uh, for most women, the transition is from a katana, a minor, till the ages of 12. Then from 12 to 12 and a half, she is a na'ara, where this law applies. This kanastas fine applies. And then after 12 and a half, she's viewed as a bogeres, as an adult. Um, however, when it comes to a girl who uh, has not gone, doesn't have signs of, of, of puberty, so then uh, there is no middle stage. We don't have that middle stage of a girl between the ages of 12 and 12 and a half as a na'ara. She doesn't have that middle stage. And so she goes straight from being a minor to a bogeris. And so there is no fine in this case uh, because we follow the position of this brysa is following the position of Rav Meir who holds that the fine only exists uh, for a girl who is a na'ara, who has the status of a na'ara, uh, which would be a girl between the ages of 12 and 12 and a half. Uh, but in Islandess, this girl who has never gone through puberty, uh, she's only viewed as a minor until she switches over to being a bogeris, to being an adult. Um, and so Rav Meir is of the opinion that the fine does not exist for a minor. The Rabbanon, the majority disagree with Rav Meir, but that is the position of Rav Meir, and our Brisa is assuming like uh, is following the position of Rav Meir. So says the Gemara, Islandess in La Loknas We have the following question. We have a different Brisa which seems to imply, which says explicitly, that there is a fine. When it comes to the following three people, including an Islandess, but the three people are if there's somebody, who, a woman who is a deaf mute, if she's a Shota, if she's a woman who is deranged, she's not in touch with reality, um, or an Islandess. So in that case, So then there is a fine if they were either seduced or uh, raped at, at the age of 12 or to between 12 and 12 and a half. And also, this is something which we'll discuss in a few minutes, there's also tainus uh, basulim, which we'll discuss uh, 
momentarily. So the Gemara says that we have a contradiction here because this Brisa seems to be saying that there is a fine when it comes to an islandess. So the Gemara says, what are you talking about? What's the question? Very easy answer. We already mentioned before that Rameyer is of the position that there's no fine with the gun when it comes to minors. The Rabbanon, the majority, are of the, are of the opinion that there is a fine when it comes to uh, minors. So this islandist, this woman who is an islandist and she hasn't gone through puberty, so that she's viewed as a minor until until she switches over to being an adult. Uh, and so as a minor, that's the position of the Rabbanon, the Rabbanon are of the position that there is a fine. And so that would fit with the second b'risa, with the b'risa that we just quoted. And the b'risa that says that there is no fine is the position of Rameyer. Very easy way to solve this problem. So the Gemara says, the Karila, my Karila. So then what was our original problem? That's a pretty easy answer. So then what was the Gemara really trying to, uh, what was really going on there? So the Gemara answers, moving on to 36A3 in the article of Gemara, Mishim Mirmach, really, when this was discussed in the study halls in the base Medrash, really there was a different focus on that brace that we just quoted, and really a different question that was connected to that. And so just a little bit of an introduction, uh, we have to return back to the very beginning of this Mesechta, the concept of Tainas Besulim, uh, which uh, was something that we, we spent a lot of time on. Uh, but essentially, uh, the case, just a quick review, is that uh, a husband, if the husband, after uh, he has sexual relations with his wife for the first time, if he doesn't see um, Dam Basulim, doesn't see uh, uh, the blood from the hymen, um, and so therefore there's concern, not that we know with certainty at all, but there's concern that maybe she committed adultery between the year, between engagement till marriage, and that would require them to get divorced. Uh, and so therefore we want to look into the matter. So he, he would have to come to court uh, and we would have to look into the matter um, uh, to see whether or not uh, they, they, they have to get divorced or not uh, because, because of this situation. Um, and if it's true, so then they would have to get divorced. And not only would they have to get divorced, if this is what he's claiming, uh, so then according to some opinions also, they would have to get divorced and she wouldn't be able to receive her ksuba because since it's because of her and the fact that she committed adultery, so then she wouldn't be able to receive the ksuba, the money that she, in general she would receive in a situation of divorce, uh, that the husband is required and obligates himself to pay her, that wouldn't apply in that case of tainis basulam. And so the brisa that we just quoted that says that when it comes to a deaf mute or a woman who's not in touch with reality or an islandess, uh, we say that he could, the husband can make such a claim that uh, he doesn't find Dan Basulim, he doesn't find the blood from the hymen, and so therefore there is this concern that maybe she committed adultery during uh, the engagement time period of that between the Kedushin and the Nisuin, between that year of um, halachic engagement, where if she commits adultery, so then they would have to get divorced. So there's a contradiction, because right now we just quoted a Brisa which says that uh, he, that would be viewed as a valid claim. However, we have the following Brisa which disagrees. When it comes to the following four situations, we say that the husband cannot make any claim. What are those four situations? Two of them are the same. Uh, a deaf mute or a woman who is not in touch with reality, she's deranged. So in all those cases, the husband cannot make a claim, which is why we're quoting this Brisa. 
and there's a contradiction, but we're going to read the rest of the Brisa and discuss the rest of the Brisa once we're quoting it. So included in that, those are two of the four, but included in that is also a Bogares, which means that if there's a, um, according to this opinion, anybody who gets married, any woman who gets married um, after the age of 12 and a half, because there's a, it would be assumed, let's say, that uh, she lost, uh, uh, the, the hymen broke uh, just by natural means, um, over the course of her life, and, and so therefore the husband doesn't have a claim, or if it's a mukasets, or if, let's say, the, the vaginal area was injured by a piece of wood, or by something from the outside, that's what it means, so then, in such cases, so then the husband has no claim, because there's other, re- at least with regards to the last two cases, uh, there's reason, uh, there's a good reason as to why she, d- she didn't have any blood from the hymen, because uh, it, it basically, it broke, it, it was uh, from before, uh, from before their marriage. So, in Lantinus Basulam, those, those four cases. Hasumav Islandis, Yish Lantinus Basulam. When it comes to uh, a woman who is blind, or an Islandis, so then uh, a woman who, who uh, didn't go through puberty, so then he, he can make such a claim. The husband could make such a claim. That fits. That fits with our original price. Sumchus Omer Mishim Rameyer, Summa in Lantinus Basulam. Sumchus says in the name of Rameyer, this is the last part of the Brysa. We're just quoting the last part of this Brysa because we're quoting the entire Brysa. But really, the question comes from the first two cases. Uh, but Tzimchel says that when it comes to a woman who is blind, really the husband has no claim. He has no claim. And the Gemara will explain in a few minutes what the reasoning is behind this position, that when it comes to somebody who is blind, uh, if she is blind, so then the husband cannot make any claim. We'll get to that momentarily. But the Gemara has to deal with the question. The question is that we have a contradiction between Bryce's as to with regard, when it comes to... A, a, a woman who is deaf mute or is um, is uh, not there. She's not in touch in, with reality. Uh, both of these women, especially in those days when it comes to Chareshes, a deaf mute was not able to function within society in those days. Um, and so there is no, uh, there is no, according to the second Brisa, there's no claim. The husband cannot claim that you know, maybe something happened between the engagement and the wedding, but because he didn't find the Dan Basulam, the, the blood from the hymen. In the first place, it says that he could make such a claim. So what's going on here? There seems to be a contradiction. So Amr of Sheshes, Rav Sheshes says, very interesting, Hello, Kasha, Harab, Agamliel, Vaharab, Yeshua. Um, that, no, because we, if we, if you recall, we had earlier in this Masechta, in the tractate, that what happens if she responds to the claim? And she says, you know what? It's true. I, she says that I lost uh, the, the, uh, the, the hymen broke because of sexual relations. But let's say it was a case where she says that while we were engaged, you should know that uh, I was raped. Um, and that's why, that's, why, uh, that, that's why I lost it. So then there's an argument between Rabbi Gamaliel and Rabbi Yeshua. If she doesn't bring any proof to it, do we believe her? Do we not believe her? Rabbi Gamaliel says that we do believe her. Rabbi Yeshua says that we do not believe her. And so the Gemara is essentially saying, let's just finish the Gemara to see what the, what the point of the Gemara is here. What does that have to do with what we're talking about? Uh, we have a principle, very fascinating principle, called that the court could open the mouth on behalf of the mute. That's what it literally means. Fascinating idea that in certain situations 
where the litigant cannot make a claim on their own. In our case, the reason is because they are not able to function within society and therefore they're not able to um, to explain themselves properly in court. So we explain, we, the court, uh, sort of open their mouth and we can make claims for them. A fascinating idea. We have the right to make claims uh, for them. And so in this case as well, just because she's not being able to make that claim, but we can make a claim for her saying that, you know, well, maybe the case is where uh, she was raped. And if she's raped, so then you're allowed to stay married. And uh, there's, no, there's, no reason, there's no reason for divorce uh, if she was raped between the engagement and, and the wedding, that year in between. Because we follow, at least according to Rabban Gamliel, according to the position of Rabban Gamliel, who says that we believe her in general when she says it. So then here too, we should believe the court when they are talking on behalf of this Chareshis uh, and Shota. And so the way this explains the Brisa is that the Brisa who says that uh, we don't believe her, we cannot make the claim, is the position of Rabbi Yeshua. And so therefore the husband has a good claim to make because Rabbi Yeshua is of the opinion that even if she made the claim, she actually made the claim, she wouldn't be believed. That's the position of Rabbi Yeshua. She has no proof, and so she's not believed. Uh, the, the second Brisa which says that the husband has no claim, it's because we will make an argument for these two women because they, they, they cannot make the argument on their own. They can't make the argument on their own, so then we will talk for them. Fascinating idea. We will talk for them. And, uh, and then we would, uh, and, and then they would be believed, according to Rebbe Gamliel, and therefore uh, he wouldn't be able to, he wouldn't have any claim. Uh, the husband wouldn't have any claim against her because we will defend her and say that, you know, maybe something happened during the marriage, during the engagement uh, process where it wasn't done willingly, uh, she was raped, uh, and something happened. Okay, that is that is the concept of Psach Bicha Li'ilim. Just a few points on this concept, interesting points on this concept, is number one, uh, it's interesting that we apply this even, not just uh, to, we, we apply this even for her to have her ksuba. This will then allow her to take away from the husband, that when they do get divorced, or when the husband passes away, she now has the right to her ksuba. So we are not just defending her, but we are also being proactive to allow her to take the ksuba from her husband by, by making this claim, which is an interesting point. And then the second point is, is that this is not just this doesn't just apply in these two cases of a woman who's not in touch with reality or she's a deaf mute. But the Rambam says that any time that the court sees that the litigant really has a certain claim to make, but he, he doesn't have he's not able to defend himself. He doesn't have to use the right words. We see that he's struggling to communicate properly. So then under certain circumstances the court has the right on their own to defend them. They have to be careful, very careful about it in terms of when they do, but they can't show favoritism uh, and they have to be careful about when they use this tool and when they don't use this tool. But if they really see somebody who's struggling to make an argument, but it's clear that there's an argument to be made, so then the court sometimes could make such an argument. It's a very fascinating idea. Okay, that's the end of that case. The Gemara now continues with the Brisa that we mentioned uh, to sort of discuss some of the other cases in this Brisa. So, the, the Bryce said, bogeres ein la tainas besulam. A bogeres, a girl who's above the age of 12 and a half. So then, there is no claim against her. So what exactly is going on here? What, what exactly is going on here? Earlier we said that it, it meant that, um, that she lost, uh, the, the, the hymen uh, was already injured, and therefore there's no more blood. But we're going to see that that's not really true. Vamarav, Rav says, bogeres no la rishon. When it comes to a bogeres, a girl who's above the age of 12 and a half, 
So then the entire night, she's allowed to have sexual relations. And even if there's blood, we do not assume that that is menstrual blood. And therefore, they're not, the husband and wife can no longer be together. Rather, we assume that that's hymen, that's hymen blood. And if it's hymen blood, so then they're allowed to continue to have sexual relations. She's not in a state of nida. So what do we see from here? That there actually is blood uh, from the hymen for a bogeres. So what's going on here? So the Gemara answers, moving on to Lama Vavam Beis, Idikatayin Tainis Damim Hachanami. Hachamayaskinan Dikatayin Tainis Pesach Pesuach. The Gemara explains, yeah, uh, it's true. It depends on what is the husband's claim on that night. Again, the husband's making a claim to say he, he didn't, he, he suspects that she had sexual relations before they were married. Um, at least, and there's concern that it happened during the time period between the engagement and the actual marriage. So if he makes a claim that, that he didn't see any blood, he looked for the, for the blood and there was no blood there, so then there's reason to be concerned because a girl who's above the age of 12 and a half generally does have blood from the hymen. The blood of the hymen would exist there. But what's the case? Our case is where he's making the claim uh, that uh, he's not sure whether there's blood there or not. He wasn't checking for that. But he makes a cl- claim uh, that there was an open entrance. He didn't feel the hymen lining. He didn't feel the hymen lining when they were having sexual relations for the first time. That is not a good claim. To that, the Gemara is saying that's not a good claim because uh, as she gets older and above the age of 12 and a half, so then the vaginal area sort of, um, it's, not, it's, not, uh, it's not narrow anymore. It widens and so therefore uh, a person cannot make such a claim with regards to Pesach Pasuach, with regards to the opening uh, that, he, that he didn't feel the hymen because anyways in the, in the vaginal area as she gets older it opens and so therefore he wouldn't be able to feel it um, and this is the position of Rashi we're reading the Gemara according to the position of Rashi uh, and so in the end of the day when it comes to a Bulgaris, when it comes to a girl above the age of 12 and a half so if he makes the claim that he, he looks for the blood he didn't find it so then that would be reason for concern but if it's the claim that he didn't feel the hymen when he was inside so then that would not be viewed as a valid claim when she's above the age of 12 and a half. Finally, let's uh, continue on with the Gemara, with the case number four. Sorry, one more point before case number four. When it comes, Rumeir said that when it comes to a woman who is blind, that the husband has no claim. My time at the Sumchus, what's the reason behind this? The reason is, is because we are concerned that maybe she's, she's constantly... Um, uh, bumping around different things, and so therefore uh, we're concerned that the the hymen was already previously uh, um, ruptured, and, and so the Gemara says, "Well, kulunami chavuti mechavti," but that could happen to anybody. Why specifically if she's blind? Anybody could have their hymen ruptured by without having sexual relations, which is by natural means. So the Gemara says, "No, but it's a little different." Why? Basically, when it comes to other girls, as they get older, and if it ruptures, and they see blood, because they're able to see the blood, so then they're going to tell somebody. They'll tell their mother. They'll tell somebody about it. What's going on here? This is a little strange. And so then they'll know to tell their future husbands um, that uh, you should just know that uh, the hymen was already ruptured beforehand. Um, And so therefore, there shouldn't be any concern moving forward. But when it comes to if she's blind, so then she's not going to know whether or not uh, the hymen was ruptured, and she won't be going to anybody. And so therefore, we should just assume, we should assume that the hymen is ruptured um, because for, for anybody else, so if they didn't tell their, their husband, so then we would assume that the hymen wasn't ruptured. But when it comes to somebody who's blind, so then we do assume that it was ruptured because um, she wouldn't know. She wouldn't even know herself whether it was actually 
ruptured or not. So therefore we would assume that it was because there's a good chance that it was, that it actually was um, was ruptured. Okay, last case, last case, and also the last few lines uh, till the next Mishnah. Hopefully in the next class we'll begin the next Mishnah of the second Mishnah of this chapter. The last case was if there was a bad name that came out of her, meaning she has a she has a bad name, we'll see exactly what this means, so then there's no fine. Again, we're talking about a girl who's between the ages of 12 and 12 and a half. There's some bad name. What does this mean? Either it means the, the classic understanding of refers to a very specific case where the husband accuses his wife uh, and has reason as evidence uh, that his wife committed adultery. So we're saying if the case is where his wife committed adultery, so then what are you talking about? She's deserving of the death penalty. Certainly she's not a virgin. She's not a basula. In order to have this fine, she has to be between the ages of 12 and 12 and a half and be a virgin. Um, so what are we talking about? That can't be the case. So it can't be the classic understanding of Hotza Shemra. So what is it? Amar of Sheshes, Hachikamar, Mishayatza Allah Shemra Bialdusa in La Loknasalopitui. The case is where there are rumors about her that uh, at an earlier, we're talking about a girl between the ages of 12 and 12 and a half, and there's, there are rumors about her that she had sexual relations in the past, and so therefore she is not a virgin. She's not a basul anymore. They're just rumors. So Gemara says, Rav Papa now says, based on this, based on, so oh, we see the concept of rumors, so he applies this to other areas of law. Rapapa says, based on this, if there, let's say we have a totally different context. Let's say we have a document. A document, and there are rumors that it was forged. If there are rumors that it was forged, so then we can't collect with it. So the Gemara says, what exactly is this comparison? Could we really make the comparison between a girl that there's rumors about her that uh, she, she engaged in sexual relations to uh, rumors about a forged document? Could we make such a comparison? Hechi dami. Ilema it says, if, what are the rumors that we're talking about? If it's just rumors that she had sexual relations, the, that has no halachic significance. Those are just rumors. We know that Rava says that if there are rumors about her, we are not concerned. That is not enough for us to be concerned about her. They're just rumors. There's no evidence. So we cannot go based on Rumors alone, rumors alone is not sufficient. So what's the case that we're talking about here? That she wouldn't receive, that she wouldn't receive the fine? Certainly if it was just rumors, she would receive the fine. Essentially it says follows. What's the concern? The case here of Hotsas Shemra is not just rumors, but there are two witnesses who come to court and they say, that we know that this girl, again, we're talking about a girl between the ages of 12 and 12 and a half, this girl, she tried to seduce each one of us into having sexual relations. So then there's a concern that she really was uh, successful with somebody else. If she tried with them too, so then there's a, there's a decent chance that she was successful with somebody else, and therefore there's no fine. Because that's not just rumors, but that's witnesses saying that she made the attempt with them. Chances are that she made the attempt with others, and so therefore... We cannot assume that she's a virgin. Um, uh, how does that play? How does that? How is that parallel when it comes to a forged document? So then, the same thing would apply. Repub is making the claim. Same thing would apply when it comes to a forged document. If we have two witnesses come along and they say that we know this person who wrote this document, 
he tried to get us to forge to, to forge the document, but we didn't give in. So there's is there a good chance that uh, he found somebody else? So the Gemara says, no, maybe we can't make the same comparison. There's a higher chance that this girl was able to seduce somebody rather than the person who's trying to get somebody to forge the document. Who says people are going to agree? Maybe nobody agreed to forge the document. When it comes to sexual immorality, that's more common than people trying to forge a document. So to that, the Gemara says, no. This is what Rapapa was saying. No, it is a good comparison because the person who's trying to get these two people, these two people come to court and they say, he tried to get us to forge the document. It's not that he's going to find somebody else. Maybe he won't find somebody else. But he himself will forge the document. And so therefore, there is reason to be concerned and therefore you cannot collect from the document. So again, the case here of Hotzah Shemra, it's not talking about a rumor. A rumor wouldn't have halakhic significance in this case. What we're discussing here, or when it comes to forged document, it wouldn't have halakhic significance. It's specifically a case where two witnesses come and say that she tried to seduce us. Um, or it's a case where, um, sorry, it's a case where uh, two witnesses come and say that he tried to have us forge the document. So then in that case, we will be concerned that she tried to seduce somebody else or that the person himself forged his own document and therefore we cannot collect from the document and also she would not receive her knas, the fine if she has sexual relations between the age of 12 and 12 and a half, uh, she would not receive her fine because we're concerned that she is no longer a virgin.